Hello, Telaflava, and welcome to All Things Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Futter, and this is episode five. So it's actually been a while since I've posted just because I'm really feeling the heaviness of the current climate. Um, with everything going on, I just didn't feel like I was in the energetic space to post. Um, but I'm not going to make that all about this. All I will do is in this um, space, I will encourage you to really look within and challenge um, your beliefs around um our privileges and your own privilege um, and how that impacts um, you know the minorities the people who uh, don't have a voice or a leg to stand on um, that have been constantly pushed down um, you know it's more about it's not dismissing the fact that all lives matter it definitely um, is more about you know identifying that um you know we do need to focus on uh, the very real and current issues of racism and it's sadly it is um still prevalent as we are seeing um and there's definitely um a higher representation an overrepresentation of um you know blacks indigenous people um being unfairly um treated you know because of their color and because of their origins um, and because of this ingrained systemic superiority that we all play a part in and contribute to so really I just encourage you to really look within and um, help dismantle um, these systems that are not just and not equal and um, yeah that's all that's all I feel I have space to to speak on and even if I think about it I really am not the right person to speak on this matter but also um yeah just encourage you to highly educate yourself on the history of this um of the treatment of black and indigenous people and um see what you can do to support locally um and even within your households because um, we know that a lot of our values and beliefs stem from our parents and our upbringing so if we can help dismantle and have dialogue about you know why uh, black my black lives matter and why um, you know um, why there's a mass injustice for aboriginal and the historical legacy that has been carried through even till today and how we and that how that impacts how we view um ourselves and others um is massive so yeah it just starts even just like you know we have um whole resource with um google at our fingertips internet at our fingertips um that's a blessing about technology that's a blessing about um tech and internet so yeah i highly encourage you just to google and like you know when people say research um research can be google guys that's exactly what it's there for you know use it it will obviously get you going and it will give you a studying platform on where to start so yeah that's that's my little two cents um i feel with i feel for everyone and i acknowledge everyone um who's doing their part in this all um help help to spread the word really it truly is the gospel like we do need to be um 
vigilant about this because it, it, it impacts our future generations. So without further ado, and I do want to apologize to this guest that I'm about to introduce um, and who's going to join us. Um, it is Silia Lemalu, and I do want to apologize and preface that I did originally mispronounce her name. Yes, I too, and Samoan, um, did mispronounce Silia's first name and I followed on and carried through um, later on as you can tell as when you listen to this um, uh, but she is the first Samoan female hey hey um, not only repping the um, the Samoan Islands and um, the Pacific community but also the women um, she is the first, the very first Samoan female to um, become an auxiliary firefighter um, here in Queensland. And I think that's pretty mammoth. And the reason why I asked Cecilia to um, come on and what was um, pressing on my heart was um, that, you know, we are almost dispelling the idea of, um, you know, traditional, I guess, conventional ideas of what success is and I think particularly for us in our community and I can't speak for all of us but I know that um, our parents worked or our ancestors worked very very hard for us to um, have a life a life without struggle and so um, sometimes that can translate um, to success being you know working in an office or just anything else but laboring jobs and I'm not saying that's the case for everyone but I'm just saying that there is value rooted in that um and that our parents um would are proud of us if we are in other jobs that are that are not laboring or where we find struggle or meet struggle along the way so um I think I really was um excited to have Celia on um this because you know it's also defining you know a different type of success um and again dispelling the idea of success and limiting that to you know just university degrees just um the corporate uh industry so um that's what i i was just uh, i respect her journey and i respect her as a human and how she shows up i respect her as a mom so um yeah i just ask, invite you to kick back sit back and really um enjoy what she has shared with us and i um her personal growth journey um there's so much uh, insight that she shares with us and um, it's definitely something that we can take on board and apply for ourselves um, one thing that did really stand out for me was um, you know when she said that self-worth started with forgiveness and she has an incredible journey so without further ado well, we welcome Sili Ale Malu um, to All Things Growth Hello everyone, it is with great privilege and honour to welcome my next guest for this podcast. Um, she is the very first Samoan female in Queensland, Australia to become an auxiliary firefighter um, and I am just so honoured to have her on. Welcome Celia Lemalu. Hello, hi sis. Hi sis, how are you? 
I'm good. I just wanted to really be brief in my introductory because I actually wanted to afford the opportunity for you to introduce yourself. Okay, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Um, so hi everyone, my name's Silia Limalu. Um, I am an auxiliary firefighter, um, along as being a mom, a stepmom, a daughter, <laughs> sister, um, yeah. auntie, so forth. Um yeah, uh that's me. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um and I just, I welcome you. So when you, uh, I obviously mentioned that you're Samoan. So what part of Samoa are you from? Um, so I'm from Matau Tulefanga and yeah. mom's from Letongo. So dad's from Matau Tulefanga and mom's, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, for those who are listening, thank you for joining in. Um, I just watched a really chilling goosebump video of um, Celia because <laughs> um, as an auxiliary, auxiliary firefighter, so what I'm going to do is actually post that up um, along with um, the the release of this podcast for you guys to watch because I feel like it's really, really important for you to watch. Um, so yeah, since I just have to acknowledge that honestly gave me real goosebumps just watching all of that. Um, and I'm oh. sorry. Yeah, I'm just so proud of you. And I just want to thank you on behalf of everybody else, like of paving the way for, um, you know, the generations to come. And I, essentially, that's the reason why I, I asked you to be on this um, this podcast as a guest, because I just am truly, um, what's the word? <sighs> I'm just really moved that, um, you know, we have women um, that are paving the way in all platforms, in all areas, especially in the firefighter and emergency services. And I think that's really massive and I think that's really huge. So thank you. Thank you on behalf of all of us. Um, and so if uh, one thing that I was listening to a podcast this morning, um, her name is Alison Bird and she said, if I don't tell you where I came from, you don't understand where I stand on. And that's, I want to open up this um, dialogue for you to share where essentially you started from before you became auxiliary firefighter and what inspired you to get to where you are today. Yeah, well, okay. Um, geez, where do I start? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so my journey has been, um, it's been huge and um, it's been up and down as most um, journeys have been. Mm. Um, I think from humble beginnings, obviously from a very young age, um, being born in um, Auckland, New Zealand, um, growing up in PIC church mm. uh, and, you know, those humble beginnings of uh learning um about our god going to mm. church me um with mum and dad you know just being taught um uh the you know um the you know god's um teachings and also reading the bible and so forth and going to sunday school um mm. so obviously that it, it all started from there um and also within um, my home um the teachings that my mum and dad have taught me um uh with you know respect and and you know goals and aspirations and stuff like that and everything mm. we should be 
um, and where their hearts are for, for, for us as kids, you know, when we get, get um, older, um, where our parents want us to be and to be successful, um, to not, um, you know, not, not uh, my parents used to say to me, they don't want me to have a life of, um, you know, of burdens. And stuff so um for them it's always trying to teach me how to um to persevere and you know to be resilient um and especially to be loving and serving in every every everything that i do um so that's where it all started from was within you know the teachings of my parents at home and the love of my family and and, and um my faith um and growing up in in church um as it progressed, um, obviously we, well, myself, um, finding um, uh, like, you know, just trying different things, you know, making good and bad choices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which they are mean, imperative. Yeah, we yeah, need those things. Yeah. If you don't make any good or, you know, any bad choices, then do you, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I've made a lot of bad choices and a lot of good ones. And I believe that um, it all played a part um, in my journey and to where I am now um, in life. And, um yeah so um I had like I worked for um a distribution center for a very long time um I think for about 12 years I was picking you know boxes um mm -hmm. food boxes at Woods distribution center mm -hmm. um led into um you know other um avenues with um youth work um I did youth work and then it even came a time where I was at a pretty low um, stage of my life and I like I'm just going to be absolutely real for a short time I was out of work and then um, it was like oh, I just need any job I ended up being in a job where I was scrubbing toilets hmm. and that for, for that amount of time when I was in that job it humbled me um, mm. massively, like it humbled me in such a big way that I thought, oh, wow, like it, it's not where I wanted to be, but it taught me a lot and it really humbled me to the point where I was like, well, you know, God, this isn't, I know you have better things for me. I know there's something better out there for me. So... Um, yeah, so I did that for a little while. Um, mm. And then it got to that point where I was like, man, Celia, you are so much better than this. You know, you, you, you there's so much more. You know, your parents have, have given you this amazing life, you know, growing up and stuff. Um, they've given you all the tools and resources to be better. So um, uh, uh, um I did have a point in my life where I was once married. Um, so I think we're going quite deep here. <laughs> Sorry if I've come off track. But no, I appreciate the vulnerability, like in transparency that you're sharing. So yeah, so um, there was a uh, time in my life where I was married and had um, my little boy by the name of Damascus. Um, went through. Uh, 
a rough time mm -hmm. and um now in a well um at that time we divorced um my dad passed away in 2013 um and I was at a really really low point in my life where um mental health like my mental health wasn't stable although I was trying to mask it with um drinking and mm. um you know just trying to be that um strong person being happy you know, happy, you know being out there and so forth just to try and mask the hurt and the pain that I was going that I was going through mm. I wouldn't show it it was only when I would uh, um, drive to a certain place like maybe the beach or something and I found myself crying like literally fully crying um, and just asking God why is my life like this why am I in, at this point of my life where nothing seems to be going right or um yeah um so my journey like I said has been up and down um mm. but I believe it's um it has definitely been a stepping stone to where I where I am now like those many years ago I would have never thought that my life now in 2020 you know um the, the last couple of years here I wouldn't I definitely didn't see my life at a turning point where I know my purpose and God's purpose on my life right now. Mm. Yeah, so um, so let me just backtrack a little bit. So I made a really um, tough decision back in well, 20, the end of 2014. Mm. I had, um, had a chat with a family member and I said oh I just can't do it like I need to get away um I was a single mom for a little while and I thought man it came to that point where I was, I'm going to leave my son and my family and I need to get away or else things is just, you know I'm just going to keep going downhill mm. mentally mentally like um so I left I, I I spoke to my ex-husband. I said, "You're gonna have to take our boy. Please protect him, watch over him. I have to. I have to leave." So I moved away. <clears throat> um, beginning of 2015, mm -hmm. it's a huge shock um, to my family and friends. Um, mm -hmm. we, um, they would never have seen me like leave my son. Mm -hmm. um, that was such a a massive and a hard decision to make but I had to fully entrust it to God um, mm. to, to look after my boy um, so I could you know go away um, get myself right so then I could come back a, you know a, a better person especially for my son as well mm. so I uh, moved away to Western Australia and was there for um, nearly two years at first, it was only supposed to be just for a couple of months, um, just to kind of reset and, and um, rebuild myself. Um, but mm. the Lord had different plans, which had me living in WA for nearly two years. Um, mm. Yeah. And from there, when I was in WA, um, in a little town called Carnarvon, um, which was about 11 to 12 hours drive 
from Perth. Uh, I was able to um, really push into God during that time. And I, like, to this day, I still believe that um, God had pulled me away from everything that was going on here, from all the noise, um, from all the busyness of my life at that time, and from all, um, you know, just the stuff that was going on here. I believe that God had pulled me away to, to Western Australia for that me and him time mm. and for him to really speak volume into my life and, and to to break me down, <laughs> to break me down um, and, and show me um, that he had more for me, that, mm. um, yeah, that he had better plans for me, but it was just for me to be pulled away and just to really trust him and, and to seek God um, through through that time away from my family and from my son. Um, so while I was in Carnarvon, um, I I knew absolutely no one. Um, I walked into a town not knowing anybody, um, no friends, no nothing, didn't really know where I was going. Um, but I was very fortunate and, and very blessed um, that the Lord had already gone before me and had already prepared, you know, families and people who were going to step into my life at that time of my journey. Mm. Uh, yeah, and um, I, as I was like trying to find my feet in in, um, in that place, uh, the Lord had placed on my heart um, to walk into the fire station there. So it was such a small town that um, that they had like a fire station and police station, maybe a couple of shops, um, maybe uh, one small Woolworths, um, and then that was it. And no traffic lights or anything. So it was very, very um, different for me. Um, to be in that like a small township, small, small township, like, yeah. um, I think it was a population at the time of 3,000 to 4,000. I think, oh wow, so it was very small <laughs> compared to <laughs> um, that I'd come from. Um, but yeah, and then during that my time there, I served um, as a um, volunteer firefighter, um, I guess mm. because I was such a sporty person I loved sports there was really nothing for me to do in that town so the only way to uh, to be active was to join their their um uh their fire service their fire and emergency services so that's where it started like that's where my passion and um where I believe um the Lord wanted to use me um on that platform and um upon my return back home to Queensland um and to my family, I wanted to continue to pursue um, being a firefighter um, and have mm. people use me on that platform. Um, so my first uh, fire station that I um, approached and went through um, the assessments and the, the, the testings and all that stuff and was um, mm. successful was um, the Tambury Mountain uh, Fire Station. Mm -hmm. So the Lord had pulled me away Um up there and I was um, serving um, at this at that station for about a year um, until I was transferred down to 
the fire station that I'm currently working at, which is the Jimboomba fire station. Yeah. Mm. So. <laughs> wow, what a journey. Yeah. And I just want to really um, thank you for being really real and raw. And I think more than anything, what's really stood out is that, um, you know, it's not really about where you, it's not about the end goal. It's not about the end point, but it's actually about the process and the journey along the way. That's the most important, right? Yes, definitely. Yep. Like when you were saying, like when we were chatting um, prior to this and about being, you know, raw and stuff like that, honestly, I was... I was nervous. Um, I was really nervous about it because being a person who doesn't really, you know, like like we all have things that we don't want to expose. Yeah. But this morning it was like the Lord was telling me, I want you to expose all. Like I want, um, I want, you know, whoever's listening to really see where you hit, you know, how – because nobody really sees the, the hard work and the struggles and the tears and everything that goes on underneath. All they see is what's, exactly yeah, what's what, what's up on the outside now and, you know, what we want to show. But I loved that um, that we're, we're able to do that and, and, that, and I thank you for the opportunity to do that because I feel that um, that exposure of being more rough, rugged and raw um, yeah. volume also to to other women and to others who are listening so yeah. I'm still nervous absolutely <laughs> well my coach always says that like um if you're not nervous it doesn't mean en- enough for you yeah. like it doesn't mean enough to you if you're not nervous and I think um nerves are good like um my previous guest that I had on before you mm-hmm. um who ha- I still have to release that that podcast but um we both acknowledge that we were very nervous and like even coming on here and doing what I do like um interviewing other women like it's it like I have a whole bunch of nerves seriously and I, more than anything like I just and that's it like you know before we hopped on that's all my prayer is is that you know let us be um a dialogue that is seen felt and heard um to anyone who's in need of it especially and and essentially that that's what it's all about like I don't think this podcast would um truly be authentic and um purposeful without the whole story being told and that's essentially what the vision is is for us to have an opportunity to be really open-minded and open up and share our experiences because it's not about the end point it's about the process along the the journey and the process in the middle that gets us to where we're at and what's really um what's really evident in your in your story Celia and I'm so thankful that you yeah opened up to um be be obedient to to what you were um served this morning Mm. is that you know um it's we're all human and that you know we sometimes need to see be in the lowest of the lowest valleys in order to you know enjoy the mountaintops and I don't think you know without that we we really wouldn't be able to enjoy and like that's what was key is that you know making bad choices only um 
it's only the learnings along the way and it's more about okay so that was a lesson and I'm going to butt heads against that lesson until I fully understand what the purpose for that lesson is and until then then I then I'm unable to like really move forward into the promises that are that are set out for us right that's right um and I one thing is that I follow you on Instagram a lot and that's all I see is your faith and uh your um adoration for God and how God has worked in your life and I don't think I would truly be able to appreciate that until you know we had this conversation like I know we've had um like we've shared a little bit about like you know your journey and um what you've experienced but to like really humbly hear that full story of what you've been through is just uh it's just it's deep it's it's heartfelt and I'm appreciative of it so thank you um I want to I want to pause for a moment and sort of rewind um what was it like you know you said that you were at your breaking point and like you know you could have turned to anything but for you in particular and your story what was it that really led you like to God like you could have turned anywhere but what was it like and I know that you sort of had that foundational faith embedded in you when you were younger like you said you went to church and stuff like that um but like in what ways do you feel or do you know that you really truly felt God's presence and um like even God like even almost like discernment or um what ways do you, did you acknowledge and receive God's messages in your life like because you know when you're in a dark place sometimes it's hard to even hear any of God's voice so yeah does that make any sense what I'm trying to ask <laughs> <laughs> most definitely yeah no that's um so I don't really get like um at my lowest of lows, it, it wasn't um, like I didn't hear like the like the voice of God to you know like say hey it's Leah I need you to pack up I need you to go to this place um, so we can have that one on one time. It was more um, the people he was placing into my life who was um, speaking um, words of encouragement and they were speaking words of encouragement and also um I had um I had sisters like my soul sisters who I'll call them um saying oh we've been praying about you you know um and this is what the Lord has said to us and this is what the Lord has asked us to pass on to you more Mm. so for me that um like for me I was you know as most of us very stubborn um (laughs) <laughs> I was very stubborn at that time and because I was going along you know I was quite um at that low point in my life where I did try other things like I tried um uh alcohol you know uh I delved right into alcohol and then just partying and um uh, just doing um stupid stuff by um going out and I'll yet at that point like at that time I was a mum you know, so it came to that point where my soul sisters were like, oh, we're praying for you. 
and I knew that in the back of my head. I knew, okay, Lord, I know you're trying to get them to, you know, to, to come back <laughs> to get on my knees and talk to you. But no, you know, there's just too much going on right now. I don't want to hear any of that stuff. But it was just yeah. the constant um, reminders or the little, um, you know, or, um, just my soul sisters just saying, sis, we're praying for you. You know, we know that the Lord loves you. This is what he's asked us to pass on to you and for a while. And it was um, at a point at the end of 20, um, 2014 um, that it really spoke volume to me where um, my soul sister said to me, sis, I believe that the Lord is trying to pull you away for a reason. Like, you know, because we were talking about um, I just wasn't feeling it here in Queensland anymore. Like, even though I Mm-hmm. son and my family here I just I just couldn't do it and so um the message that she received from God was pack your stuff and go like mm. oh my gosh I don't even know where this place is Lord like where are you taking me I don't even know people there um and that's where I believe the Lord um really how do I say it um Yeah, uh, that's where I believe that the Lord has um, had pulled me right away from everyone and taken me across, across you know, Australia into, mm. you know, a place of, you know, very, very limited resources. Um, people, like, no, I knew absolutely no one in that town. Um, and that's where the Lord spoke to me. I believe that that time that I, was, that I spent there, the Lord has shown me heaps of things, like so many things that I didn't, you know, foresee for myself. Obviously, um, I know now <laughs> that yeah. God had such massive plans for me, and He had even gone before me to um, to to Carnarvon to prepare things. Mm. I got there, I was looking around, like I pretty much walked for the first two, walked around you know, for the first two weeks, um, just looking for a job. And the Lord had already planned out a job for me while I was there. And then that job um, moved into a management role. And for me, I was like, wow, just before I moved here to WA, I was cleaning toilets. Mm. And for for me to then be in, in Carnarvon, um, getting into a role where I thought, oh man, this is so not for me. But then the Lord just, you know, moving it at that next step further by saying, here, mm. I'm going to put you into a management role because this is where I want to use you. This is, this is mm. um, these are the people that I want you to reach out to. Um, so yeah, gee, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I so resonate with that. Like, um, it's just like, I resonate how like, you just are so like, astounded by God's like, orchestration, orchestration of everything, like how everything is planned out before you even knew that it was going to work out itself. Mm. And, like, I loved that you shared that story and that, you know, there was humility in there for you to, like, going from scrubbing toilets to, like, 
all of a sudden being put into a managerial role. Yeah. I think that that like you know sometimes it like and I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm just like there's n- no way that I can fully comprehend for that to like happen without a God existing. Mm. Like just how like much like God has plans for you and it's like plans that are much greater than your own. Yeah. Yeah. And um so like I what does like what does your relationship with God look like now? Like how in what ways, you know, that at your point that you just shared, like probably before, you know, you you had um God put like there was people put in your life to almost assist and guide you towards God and getting closer. And I love that you said um, he pushed you out in order to pull you back into him. And I, I loved that. And um, so, you know, then, you know, you spent all of that time, almost two years, like with you just being open vessel to God. And so what is your relationship with God now? Like what does your faith in a day look like with God? Like in what ways do you seek out God? Do you hear God? Do you connect with God on the daily? Yep. Oh, most definitely. Like I connect with God on daily. Like I pretty much surrender everything now to God because I know, like I know for a fact and I know hand on heart that I'm nothing without him. Mm. Um, so before I didn't even know what I, I always saw um, my parents when I was younger I always saw them fasting and I didn't really understand why they were fasting now I do it myself like mm. I pray um, I fast I pray like I surrender like everything that I am to God like and I know and I, I say to him man my life is yours you know and then um, and I, yeah, like I believe it's it's that divine timing, you know, and, and that purpose for us now to be talking because my prayer was always, Lord, whatever platform you have me on, like use me and all glory and honor goes back to you. And I believe this is, mm. this is that as well, you know, mm. like us talking about, um, you know, my faith and in God and, and where he's brought me in my life. I, I feel that me um i believe that me talking about him you know this is all um in return to him like this is honoring him and everything mm. not just honoring him and my actions or like the jobs that he has me in but it's now honoring him by expressing and and and, and talking about him on on this platform like in this podcast everyone yeah. else you know, is listening to hear and not just see my actions but to hear it as well yeah and that bible verse that i know a lot of us um um you know uh read and and it's something that um i always it's a bubble verse that i always um turn to is you know for i know the plans that i know for i know the plans for you mm. you know that that bible verse speaks so much volume for me because yeah <laughs> he um planned everything out even way before that I knew you know um what he had planned out for me you know sorry do I make sense absolutely absolutely yeah plans of prosperity and that is so fitting to your story in this 
in this um in in this like situation like I I truly feel that and I I honestly came on this podcast with you and I'm just allowing it to free flow in whatever way it it comes up and and I find that we're talking about God and we're talking about faith and honestly that's very much a part of us isn't it like it's and what I find though is that like for myself and I'm being full transparency here is that I actually don't subscribe to church anymore um however that doesn't um that doesn't say that God is any less prevalent in my life or yeah, that I, um, that God is not the center of of my life. And I was just recently had this conversation with my friends um, about, you know, even sometimes God, the word God, um, I interchangeably use and um, like, you know, sometimes I'm saying higher source or I'm saying universe or things like that. And I love about divine timing. I think it's so true. I think it's um, it's very real and divine timing. I truly believe in it with all my heart. And I also believe that there is a place for faith in everybody's lives. Um, and I love the fact that you are honoring God in, in this platform and in, in this dialogue at the moment. And what I just remember when you mentioned divine timing, I remember going to, cause I first met you properly um, at the, what is the Talanoa? The, yeah. the mental health Talanoa with Jada yeah. Schultz. She's the one that was um, co-hosted it with eight sports. And at that time, the podcast was like, you know, in the pipelines and I was like okay I need to get this done like I'm not about just to sit on these like ideas and not follow through with the vision Mm -hmm. um and you are actually recommended by one of my close friends Nisha because I told her my vision about the podcast and it just so happened, like, I go to this mental health telenoir and you're there along with somebody else that I wanted to host. And it was just like, God, honestly, mm-hmm. you really, like, showing me up here. Like, yeah. if that's not a sign, then I don't know what <laughs> is. Like, and that's why, you know, when I approached you, like, in all my nervousness. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I No, that's okay. That's okay. Um, I just, yeah, that's that was a divining that was a like defining moment of divine timing for me is that you know ever since then we've connected and I've thoroughly enjoyed following you and your faith journey um and I yeah I truly believe in divine timing so yeah thank you for honoring God and um showing up today uh what I wanted to ask is that looking back on your journey and you know how you mentioned that you know you were at you went through a time of divorce and you went through and then also had to go through the grief and loss of your father and then looking back to where you are now looking back on that do you think that you would have been able to see some like like do you think then like was there anything that like do you think those things or those defining moments in your life had definitely attributed to the deterioration of your mental health or the declination of your mental health like or do you do you think that you had pre-existing mental health um 
that you were not really um, acknowledging? Mm. That's a really awesome question. Um, I think, like, at that time, I didn't really understand what mental health was. Um, mm. It wasn't it wasn't talked about um and then you know with Samoans it's, it's kind of like taboo like we, we never really talk about mental health or it was it was just oh you're just kind of feeling you know this way or that way um you're just feeling sad or you just you know um so at that time I didn't realize strongly what mental health was um but then when I was going through um like my divorce like I said I try to mask a lot of it um by turning to other things um but yeah for sure that mental health like my mental health was deteriorating and just me not really knowing like me kind of like pushing it aside thinking nah I'm just you know I'm just having a bad day today Mm. Um, now I'll be fine tomorrow and then tomorrow comes along and yeah I'm feeling okay you know I'll be fine again um Mm. so I didn't really like I didn't accept it I didn't really stop to um I didn't give myself um you know a time to to stop and um to acknowledge those things that was going on like mentally I, I I was more um, just thinking, oh no, my body's my body's physically fine. Don't worry about what my mind. Mm. Body's physically fine. I can keep going. Um, and then it was when um, I lost my dad. It was I don't think I was given, or I didn't allow my time. Um, I didn't allow that time for myself to to stop and grieve for my dad. It wasn't until mm. that I was starting to blame myself for things um that had happened or things that I've known that I had known like that was going on with my dad's health and I started blaming myself saying oh you should have done this you should have done that if you had done this dad would still be alive right now um because I didn't give myself that time to grieve and being the oldest I had younger siblings I had my son I had my mum so I shoved every like my emotions and how I was feeling aside and just try to make sure that they were all okay, you know, mm. um, attending to them and, and making sure that they were fine. Um, so, yeah, um, like what, where I'm at now and what I know now, like I wish I really had at that time um, stopped to acknowledge what was going on inside, like mentally for me. Because then it wouldn't have, uh, it, I wouldn't have found myself at the lowest of lows to that point where I, yeah, I'm masking everything, but I just didn't want to be around people. Like I felt like, no, nah, I got to do this on my own. No, nah, I'm not going to bother anybody about it. I'm just going to, you know, mm. I'm just going to punch through it on my own because, you know, it is, I'm not Celia who's weak. I'm not Celia who's my family doesn't know me or my friends don't know me as that Celia that's weak or that Celia that stopped you know mm. to rest I'm that Celia that everybody knows 
that's just going to, you know, get up, you know, bounce back up after, you know, a bad thing and be all smiles and be out there serving other, others again. So, yeah, like for me. Did that become toxic for you, do you think? Do you think that when you held such a strong facade that, you know, to carry on and not show any sign of weakness or or even reach out to let other people know that, you know, you actually. Yeah, definitely. It was poison. It was definitely poison. Yeah. It was toxic. And I know because I look back now and think, wow, all those times that these things were happening because I was like, becoming a real alcoholic and alcohol was what was lasting right. a lot of the things that I was feeling right if I got myself yeah. drunk you know cool you know those feelings will subside and I'm just feeling good at you know and then feeling like crap the next day but it was just that process that I was going through because I thought this is how it's meant to be mm. yeah so if you would know something different, like if you were equipped with the information that you had, like that you now know about mental health, especially like attending that me uh, mental health talent law, what would you have done differently in terms of addressing or not masking? I definitely would have um, opened up to all I mm. trust, that I, that I trust. Um, because even at that time, I was thinking, oh, my family don't want to hear my problems or, you know, they don't want to, like, why would they want to hear my problems? They're, they're already going through their own problems. I have to help them. I have to help them through their, mm. um, so what I, like now, um, what I wish I had done back then was to, to open up and to talk um, to, to my, um, to my support you know, to my support network. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and just being real, just to be real, and it, whether it's ugly or, you know, oh, like, oh, gosh, I feel like they might judge me, you know, if I was to open up in that way. I, I feel that's what I should have done before and not worry about whether I was going to be judged or whether – you know, I was going to be talked about or anything like that, or, oh, you know, my problem wasn't as big as, you know, other people's problems. Um, so, yeah, I, I believe that's something. Now, like I know now and the, the, the knowledge and the resources and tools that I have now, um, I wish I had back then, and that's, I believe, was to open up and, and, and talk. And just, to, and, and that's Alonor, uh, yeah, definitely a divine um, timing because, and um, meeting because I was still learning what mental health is about and to hear those the speakers and to meet others that were there I was like oh wow there's so many others out there um, who are going through you know mm. you know these things and, and, and mental health and because we we try and you know push it aside because it's not really things that us as Pacific Island people talk about yeah I, I'm so grateful now that it's out there. It's big. You know, we have to talk about it. Um, we have to, you know, support each other through these things. You know, mental health is real. And then, like, being in a position um, where um, I was uh, working in um, a disability employment service, um, um, working with um, people with mental health, 
man, it just blew up on my face. I was like, wow, this is huge. Mm. But yet I never, never, never really knew much about it or never really talked, you know, didn't really hear much conversation about it until, until now. Like I have a much bigger understanding of it now. Yeah, I agree. I think that there's, um, there's definitely still stigma around mental health and it's like, uh, you know, we can't change what we don't know. And I think it's so important to like self-educate yourself around mental health or even just tag along to like any events that you know or have heard through the grapevine that people are attending or, you know, there's so much online now that you can probably access in relation to like getting that information and education about it. And I think it's so important. I really think it's really important to like... Mm, talk it through because recently I too had um gone through um you know a, a breakup you know now I'm a single mom um and I had experienced like massive betrayal but you know I like the word that I was getting in the comfort of my friends and my close support was like you know you are so strong or mm. like even the way that I was dealing with it and I almost was getting tired of the word strong like it was a trigger yeah. for me because it was just yeah. like I don't want to be strong yeah. like I want to fall apart right now like I don't want to yeah. be you know I know like I've done the inner work and I know I've you know come a long way and I know that I've um you know gone through other things to prepare me for this moment but at the same time I just want to fall apart but then I realized it was actually strength to be able to fall apart like yeah you know sometimes it's um you know we're, we're just told to like you know toughen up or be strong or you know like all of that stuff yeah. and it's just like you know that sometimes could be also like the poison for us to not actually reach out because it's like been ingrained for us so long mm. um, for us to be conditioned to say like, you know, no, I've got this, I'm good. I don't need yeah. help. I don't need to reach out. But an actual fact that, you know, that could be the poison to stop us from like actually, you know, doing the thing and reaching out. Mm. And I love that you shared that, you know, um, and we know we wouldn't change anything like I'm not I mean I'm not yeah. trying to say that you know that was a mistake no. um, that's not the point here it's more like you know like we know better now and it's really important that you know um, that we you know like you said if you would have done any if you if you had the knowledge that you had back then it would be to reach out and mm -hmm. to know that there's actual strength and power in uh leaning on others i mean we are a community for a reason we coexist with each other for a reason you know men and women um and even the sisterhoods that we have or the brotherhoods that we have like they are there for a purpose and they are to be just for a moment and go back to um the time where you said that you had to make a really hard decision and put yourself first in that case where you had to ask um, your, um, you had to actually leave your son and do what you needed to do. And I think that's so, like, that's a massive thing for any of us to listen and hear that you made that such a, such a bold and courageous move um and to sacrifice that for in order for you to really look after yourself first can we talk about that a little bit more yeah definitely um like 
I love how, you know, it was really important for you to do that. Like how, like, how did your ex-husband receive that? How do you co-parents asking for a friend? (laughs) How do you, um, yeah, like, and how did you, how do you, like, what are some tips for women out there that need to really, um, put themselves first and almost like clear themselves of any of that guilt that we carry for the rest of our lives from the day dot that we become mums. Yeah. Um, so when I spoke to my ex-husband um, about um, what was going on in my life and um, my plans, um, I was um, I was grateful that he took it really well. Um, I think it was, um, yeah, he he took it really well um, and he was all up for, yep, taking um, that responsibility off my hands because um, I guess he had understood that I was doing it for such a long time of um, being um, a single mum and working Mm -hmm. um, and looking after my parents and and my family as well. So, yeah. so I was very um, grateful to him um, for for you know coming to you know coming to the party and and um, and I and he was the only person that I I could trust even though at the time we weren't on good terms um, but I trusted that um, he was going to um, look after our son um, protect him and, and and you know do what he had to do as a dad. Um, for our boy but I think it also came to that point for me where it was about forgiving him and Mm. as well Um, and for me it wasn't until I was able to forgive him and forgive myself I wouldn't have moved on or I wouldn't have been able to step away and then just trusted him to look after our son and I'm able to do what I had to do um, by putting myself first and, and moving away. Um, so, yeah, um, for me, my encouragement for um, anyone or any moms, especially because, yeah, we are seen as we have to be the strong ones. We have to be the ones, you know, that our kids are always looking up to for strength and, you know, for love and grace and all that stuff. Where um, my encouragement to be firstly is to forgive yourself. Mm. Learn to forgive yourself um, before you can move on. Um, Mm. I know we take up so many hats, so many responsibilities. um, But, yeah. Once we forgive ourselves, we'll be able to then understand that, oh, I'm so much worthy of this. I'm so much worthy of that, you know, of, of happiness and of being able to be at peace, you know, yeah. able to be at peace with myself that, no, I'm not a bad person or no, I'm not a failure because there were so many times where I would cry myself and think, oh, my gosh, I'm such um, – like I, I've let my son down, you know, mm. like um, 
divorcing his dad. I've let my family down. I've let my son down. Like, you know, it's, um, I felt useless. Like I felt like such a huge failure. Mm. But I was able to um, forgive myself, which then gave me the peace, uh, which then gave me the strength mm. um, to move on and, and to be a better person because I still had him looking up to me as, yeah, that's my mom. Yeah. Um, yeah. I him to be proud of me. So I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to just, um, I didn't want to, I didn't want my son to continue to feel that, you know, that vibe from me that I was a failure. Mm. It was just like, yeah, you're going to have to get back on that horse. You're going to have to, you know, um, be okay. You're going to have to, yeah, it, like, not be, you know, I'm not going to be the greatest at that, at that time. Or I'm not definitely not the greatest mom, but I'm going to be an okay mom. Yeah. And I'm going to keep learning every day. And I'm, I'm going to have that heart of forgiveness for myself and, and, and peace in my heart to know that I'm able to, you know, do more and be more. Um, yeah. so that would be my encouragement, definitely, um, to, to any single parents out there is um, oh, to forgive yourself first. Yeah. That is so major and that's so preaching to my heart right now because um, that's really raw for me at the moment and I'm still navigating those waters of what it means to be a single mom. And I think that was a, ultimately a really deep fear of mine growing up because I also um, was raised in, well, I experienced my, um, my parents' divorce when I was quite young and I knew that um, abandonment issues showed up for me majorly as, you know, the beliefs that I formed around my self-esteem and myself and um, my lack of worth, actually. And so, like, for me, that was my deepest fear is to raise a child without the father being present. And because I almost was, like, scared to, like, be set up as a failure, you know, like... Um, and I didn't want that for my child. Like I, I, it was almost like there's opportunities where I could have been a parent before, yeah. but I made decisions to not be because that was a real fear for me, like to not, like to have to be a single mom. And it's just so funny. Like now I'm a single mom, but I'm actually not that scared. Like I'm not as, it's not as scary as uh, I made it out to be in my head and I think that's so important when you were saying like you regularly speak to yourself like you regularly have that inner dialogue okay I'm going to choose whether or not you know I'm going to um, you know just be like if let that story of I am a failure take lead or mm -hmm. whether or not I'm going to be like okay I'm going to be the okay mom and I'm still going to be an example for my son and mm -hmm. I'm still going to be that role model that he can still believe in and love yeah and um and I think that's so important it's like what which part of your inner dialogue are you listening to the one that is setting you up to fail or the one that's actually going to speak life and prosperity into your life and make you choose decisions um from your heart center with the best intentions yeah right. 
And um, yeah, so that speaks a lot to me about forgiveness because I recently was told that I need to forgive a lot in order to heal yeah. and in order to um, step into my full potential as a mom yeah. and um, be the best role model that I can be for her because I also was told <laughs> that um, in my in her teenagers, she's we're going to butt heads majorly. So oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely need to be like uh suiting myself up in the best way possible so that you know she can follow suit and she can uh watch on and see you know what um yeah the type of woman I am and that's really important for me to make sure that like yeah I am showing up for her every single day in everything that I do um with that being said like how like you know and it's and I, I love that how do you go about forgiving because like for now like at the moment I'm currently doing this thing called 30 day affirmation thing Mm -hmm. and it's like because I know that I need to be speaking a lot more life over myself and into me into my subconscious for me to rewire my way of thinking and change the inner dialogue that's going on within so what worked for you in order to like help you forgive and let go um so for me um seeking God yeah yeah. So definitely first would be um, seeking God um, and then it would be um, surrounding myself with, you know, good support. Um, so my family, I have an amazing bunch of women in my family um, mm. who speaks volume and speaks life. Um, like we all yeah. do it. So important. Well, definitely, yeah. And um that's uh that's that's definitely something that helps me um and it's also just having that um like I was saying to forgive myself and also my ex um my ex-husband um it's it's awesome now because like we're able to for, for such a long time we were not able to communicate you know as civil um you know people co-parenting yeah um mm. and it just got to that point where it's like man that's that's um that's what do you call that's it? toxic for my son's life and mm. it, I had to tell myself no stop playing the blame game stop pointing mm. and really look at yourself and go hey yeah I did have a part to play in this I did have yeah. a part to play in this in this failed um marriage for this this failed relationship however this is what I'm going to do to turn it around because I have this young man that I'm bringing up to be a young man and will be at that stage in his life as well where he'll find a girlfriend, you know, get married or so forth. Like I want him, I want to give him everything that I can to build him up to be, um, uh, you know, a respectful, you know, mm. respectful man and not just to um, like his partner or wife or in a future wife it's just to every woman that comes into his life mm. to be that person um so um yeah definitely um if you have a, an amazing support network of whether it's your soul sisters your you know your 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 like myself it was um my sisters and my soul sisters um mm. and a few friends as well so um yeah, we definitely need them um, to help us through. Yeah. That's so great to hear, like, 
that turn out the best outcomes possible mm-hmm. for your son that you guys are able to co-parent now and be civil with the one another because at the end of the day does because you know I think that's hopeful in the sense that like you know because we you know doesn't mean that because our relationship has ended with you know the other significant person like the mm. parent the other parent doesn't mean that you know we can't be civil and role model that you know that you know coexistence and that you know partnership outside of not being together right you can that's still right. co-parent yeah yeah right. and how like how was the how was your son when you were able to put yourself first you know how was it when you reunited with your son like I'm sure your relationship like the waver or change in that sense of the density of love that these guys um had for each other yeah so I I was like I had a fear that oh um our relationship wasn't going to be as strong um because you know I, I I thought oh he might blame me for you know for leaving him um for putting myself first you know I had that fear of oh my son's gonna blame me for you know for um not being there at you know some important birth you know his birthdays and important events of his life you know during school um but our relationship it was just like before I had left like our relationship yeah. is, is very close um yeah our relationship is it, there's so much love there and um I guess then like him seeing like, oh, wow, mom's done this, man. I can do that. You know, yeah. like she's paved the way for me to, you know, not just, you know, not just be this, I can be much more. Um, So I I see that proud. I'm so proud of my mommy. I, you know. Yeah. Um, So for me, it's like, wow, you know, I, I um that that peace just comes over me and that um that like I'm grateful and just happy um to know that my son doesn't see me as being a failure where I thought that he would see me as being a failure it's is totally not that like he sees me as, as so much more than that yeah I love that I love that like honestly that's get, got me in all the feels right now and I think you know Celia you are a living testimony of you know that when you do put yourself care first you put yourself first that you know everything will fall into place um, and it's really important to do that right so you can be there and be available and when you do so you're being your best you're vibrating at your best and then you know you without even any effort you are still being the role model for your children Mm. uh, whether you know it or not and I just love that because it's so true that you know we do put on so many hats and Mm. take on so much responsibility that you know sometimes we just you know will like keep at it to the point that you know we're going to burn out and it's not Mm. healthy so I really appreciate that that within your story is a story of self-care and self-love and how important it is to put yourself first in order for you to really truly show up 100% for not only yourself but for others right Mm. as a parent as a daughter, as a sister, as a colleague, as, you know, a worker. Like, I just love that story. Thank you. Thank you. And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to, like, name a couple of words and then I just want you, when I name one word, for you just to, like, 
um, sing out the the next word that comes to mind. Sorry. <laughs> so I've done this before, but it's just somehow it's not coming out of my mouth properly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just sing out the first thing that comes to your mind when I say or prompt you um, with a word, okay? Okay. If that makes any sense. So self-worth. What is self-worth? Self-worth. Um, oh, not one word. It can be a whole description oh, if you need. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was like, one word, gee. <laughs> um, <laughs> self-worth. <laughs> like, uh, uh, is this a trick question? No. <laughs> no. Um, uh, so self-worth. Self-worth. Uh, for me, the, the word... I think the word that's coming into mind is um, forgiveness. Mm. Um, um, for me, it's forgiveness, like, because there's, we put ourselves into situations where we feel like we have to be more, and then there's things, mm. um, and it go, doesn't go according to plan. We kind of blame ourselves. So forgiving us and then starting all over again because you're like, nah, you know, that hasn't happened to according to that plan. Let's just flip it, try something else. Is that? Oh, I love that. That's yeah. that's so true because we, yeah, that's, ex I can't even add to that because that was just so perfectly said. <laughs> um, Success. What is success to you? Ah, oh, success to me. Oh, um. So many things are rolling into my mind right now, but um, um, I think success success for me would um would be geez um Next word. <laughs> <laughs> sure, motherhood. Let's go into the so motherhood. Motherhood. Oh, geez. Um, okay, for me, motherhood um, is love. Um, oh, yeah. What comes to me with the word motherhood um, for myself? Like, I'm currently in a, in a relationship with a man who has um, five beautiful children. Um, and I've had to learn to not just love my son, but to share my love around to his beautiful mm. son. Um, mm. So motherhood is is huge for me because um, it, it's it's de like it's definitely a time of growing for us, like our um, blended family. Um, yeah but it's it's just been amazing with um where god has taken us um within this relationship and um so yeah motherhood love definitely love is a huge one for motherhood because you can't like for me it's i'm not now just loving my son i'm loving five other beautiful children who are not my own but i want to see 
like I want to see them um, prosper and grow um, within our blended family just as much as I want my son to, you know, and for them to feel yeah. and to feel loved and to be worthy and all of those good things. So, yeah. Yeah, and I'm going to pause there for a moment and I guess ask that you elaborate more on that because, um, you know, somewhere down the track, and I'm not talking to you as soon, but, you know, obviously I'm, I'm not closed myself off to love mm-hmm. in that sense. And I guess uh, my question is, like, how did you know for yourself when was, like, the right time for you to start courting or, relation- like, being in a relationship again? Yeah. Um. I had kind of closed myself off to love after um, my divorce and it was really just concentrating on myself and what I had to do to be better, a better person. Um, mm-hmm. It came to that point um, a few years ago um, that um, I think it was a, um, I think it was a, oh, it was like a no, it wasn't a sermon. I think it was just a sharing of um, yeah. you know, um like with, with friends and, and um uh, yeah, church friends in regards to what love meant. Um and we all know like God is love. Um so for me it was like oh like yeah love is huge I should and then it brought me to that point where I was like oh I need to open my heart up to love again Mm. and so um my partner now who was a friend of mine uh, we've been friends for many years um yeah and we had decided oh let's just give it a go like and for me it was like oh we're friends if you get into a relationship with a friend when you break up you'll never be friends again and I didn't want that yeah um but yeah. I think we're at a point in our lives where we're mature and mm. through a whole heap of things where um, we were at peace of at where we were as people, like as individuals. Mm. Um, and then um, making that decision to, well, let's take it further. Let's see where it, where it takes us. Um, mm. And we've been together for two, like, two years now uh, for about two years um and just with like in that two years I've seen the Lord's hand in our relationship and upon this man's life and upon his heart Mm. so um and then also like really learning to love him and and um uh you know um give up not give up myself but um what do you say to just to to be real in this love with him and just to be genuine um, mm. I I definitely believe it's um like we're at a point of our lives now where it's um it's meant to be like I believe yeah and just constantly like for me it's always praying over him always praying praying over our home always praying over the kids um, yeah, and just really seeing that the Lord has one opened up my heart to love again, um, and to share this part of my life or my life with this man, this new man. Um, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. There's hope. There's hope yeah. for us ladies out there 
two years strong. <laughs> two years strong. <laughs> and having it. <laughs> and how do the kids get along? Yeah, wonderfully. They they get along wonderfully. I know there is um, a few challenges um, along the way because, you know, um, mm. being um, by himself for a very long time and then his kids, you know, being quite um, a strong unit. Um, yeah. It's definitely um, a, a lot of challenges, but um, for he and I to um, really show the love that we have for each other and just to kind of bring that into our kids as well um, and to treat them all equally, like that we're not, yeah. you know, um, treating them um, differently from each other because they're not um, biological siblings or anything like that. So, mm-hmm. um, and again, ah, it's all God. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> say, yeah, no. Yeah. I believe I I I feel that I feel that yeah um and then you mentioned forgiveness because that was one of the the words that I jotted down when it comes to forgiveness for you what does that mean like what is forgiveness what's a what's something that comes to mind um forgiveness okay so letting go letting go yeah I believe it's, I mean, it's easier said than done, Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's teaching yourself to just let it go. Like you can't change what's happened. You can only change how you react to it and stuff like that. And for me to be, yeah, for me to be at peace and just, you know, be, you know, full of love inside and, you know, just um, to um, to be a better person, mm. I have to learn to let it go. Yeah. And that forgiveness for me, that's, yeah. yeah. Shooting the shot, sis. That sounds awesome. I love that. I want to thank you so much, so, so much for your presence and the platform that we got to share together. I want to um, send you all the love and abundant blessings over your life, you. over your family, over your son, over your blended family, over your new partner. Um, yeah, and over the success of your life. Um, thank mm-hmm. you so much for joining us here on All Things Growth. Yes, thank you so much, sis. And likewise, um, thank you so much for this opportunity. And, yeah, I, I can't wait to hear more from you. Um, and it's definitely so beneficial for us mums and, and from, from, you know, Pacific Island women um, to be a part of this, you know, whether it's, it's being a part you know, and being interviewed or, or just listening. It's, it's amazing. So thank you so much um, for this. I really appreciate it. Me too. Such an honour. And if you are um, wanting to stay tuned, you can find um, that I'll post up Celia's um, video of her auxiliary firefighter video I, I really highly encourage you to uh watch that especially if you're interested in um becoming a firefighter yourself she um touches on that as well again sis thank you can't thank you enough um all the best and enjoy the rest of your sunday thank you, you too bless you sis you too Bye-bye. bye bye